Wow. <laughs> what episode is this? I think it's nine. Nine. Welcome to Evolving Us. Episode nine. Ooh. <laughs> I'm Ashley. I'm Julia. <laughs> Ooh. We just need a minute today. Or five. Or an hour. Yeah. We need a day. I'm so tired. <laughs> Ooh. Um, today's topic is vulnerability and how vulnerability can really present actually as a strength instead of a weakness. And I think this topic has been uh, more popularized now because people are starting to realize the opportunities that come within it. Um, but uh, yeah, we really want to break this down. Yeah, I remember this word was such a trigger for me. <laughs> and so when you're like, oh, what should we talk about today? And, you know, this kind of came up very organically. I was trying not to twitch. <laughs> but that's the previous. Yeah, of course. I'm not. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm not triggered right now, but it's just a word that I had to reframe into not being what I associated it with, which I think a lot of people innately believe that word is associated with weakness because let's break it down. What is vulnerability? It's showing a part of yourself. It's breaking down your walls. It's saying something that you feel, but that doesn't have the protection mechanism over it, Mm -hmm. you know, of like, oh, I'm going to filter this. So it comes out in the way that I think someone wants to hear it or it comes out in the way that I think I want people to see me. So I'm going to change the way that it sounds so it might not be the complete truth or exactly how I want to say it. Yeah. I agree with that. Just like raw information. Raw, yeah. Which is like our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's unedited. That's yeah. why you get to hear Augie sneezing in the back because... You know, we can't take that out. <laughs> it's it's very value add, <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't want to anyway because, you know, I think polishing and shining and editing and all of the stuff that happens in our society today makes achieving real life really challenging because it's not tangible. You know, like perfection and constant editing is not tangible. And what happens when we start to filter ourselves so much? We feel like we can't truly be ourselves. And then we don't feel like if we're ourselves that we're lovable enough or we're good enough. So that consistent blockage of vulnerable stream of consciousness or vulnerability around our relationships or even in our workplace or even in our passions and our careers and the things that we want to achieve, it becomes we now have to become a different version of ourselves to be enough, to be loved, to to achieve these things. So, um yeah, I mean, it, it sounds nice. It sounds nice to become a perfect version of ourselves and never have to be vulnerable because that version of ourselves will be idolized or adored way more. However. <laughs> That's not us. It's it's not us and it's not anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you see these celebrities in the media getting like bashed when they have something crazy come out about them, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, like this person is just like being a human. You know? Yeah. It's funny. I was reading to uh, this article the other day and, and I'm like, I don't really follow celebrity gossip, but uh, sometimes like I'll get some things on my feed. And of course, when I click them, then I get more of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I was following like the, 
the, um, I think it was the Tristan Thompson, uh, Kourtney Kardashian or whatever, whichever one, Chloe Kardashian, they had like, you know, a falling out in their relationship and, you know, he was unfaithful and then he got this other woman pregnant and it's all a mess. Right. And not that that's in integrity at all, but when I was reading the way that they were writing the article for the first time, no, it wasn't that. It was more celebrity gossip. <laughs> it was okay. You now were, it was. You you're were, gonna die. You're gonna die. Okay. Yeah. It was Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonnet. Oh, they're breaking up. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so within the article, I was reading it, and it was listen. Usually, I was expecting it to be like, oh my god, Jason Momoa. Like, yeah, he's single again. Like, oh yeah, and Lisa, and they were talking about Lenny Kravitz because that's his her ex husband. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like holy shit, well, who do I get to have now? Like, it was all these funny, uh, like, Twitter things. Are you talking about the Pete Davidson thing? No. Oh. Stay with me here. I'm trying. Okay. (laughs) So, the way the article was written is it was saying, it's only January 2021, and all of these, like, ridiculous things are happening in the world, like, all of these amazing celebrities dying, like, you know, Betty White and Bob Saget. Yeah. And then it said... And now this between Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonnet, like they were one of our favorite celebrity couples. But then the wording around it said, let's be honest, divorce is never easy. It's messy and it's hard and it's challenging and we would never wish it on anyone. And so I was like, whoa, like I've never read anything in the media or tabloids talking about something as being hard and how human it is to have to go through an experience like that. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, Who's writing this and what's this company? Because it drew me in in a way that the other shiny object type article headlines, you know, they always do. But the content of it doesn't feel good when you read it. But this felt good because it recognized that the, that here we're, we are experiencing a human moment in someone who's in the spotlight and actually looking at it for what it is, not for like all of the juice that's within it, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, but, I mean, that's still, like, it's a vulnerable opinion, but it's, like, a perception of a situation that's not even theirs to talk about. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, (laughs) this, our world is pretty fucked that everything that goes on gets blasted all the time. I mean, there's no sacredness and privacy in that. But in the context of vulnerability and, and how it can be helpful in being aired out and opened up, Obviously, across the board in our lives, relationships, you know, work and things like that. And and I wanted to actually bring this up to you because there's been two separate experiences recently where you said that you opened up to your boss about what you were truly going through mm. and you were met with sensitivity and connection versus, oh, like, this is not a work subject, put it away. Yeah. So tell me about that. Well, it's interesting because I think I have a lot of things around just work in general and I think that as we know there's like this saying that people don't leave a company they leave their manager oh yeah and so within that I think that I mean I've I've had okay bosses um but in the way that I've I really uh was able to hone in and know that the opportunity I'm in now was aligned with what I wanted. Um, my number one value was like people. And after I met with my VP in the interview process, I was like, I really want to work for this person. I just 
she was saying things that are aligned with what I would look for in a leader. Um, and then I met the rest of the team and there's a lot of synergy fast forward. That's where I am now. And so, um, this essence of who she is and, you know, not just as a, a boss, a manager, you know, someone who oversees the entire department, but also as someone I can rely on. Um, she's always told me since my interview process, she's like, you know, we all make mistakes and no matter what's going on, I just don't want to be blindsided or surprised by information. So I've always kept this at the forefront of my mind as in like, I over communicate. I'm a keeper in the loop on everything that's going on because obviously any manager that I directly have as my client, they also report into, you know, leadership and, you know, if anything goes on that we all need to discuss, like I would hate for her to feel like I didn't include her and I just want to respect what her expectations are. And so um, I'm very open with communication and I just think that in general in the world of HR, people are very uh, cautious because... Like red tape. Yeah, but, but like HR isn't, like HR has evolved a lot since I've been in it. You know, I've been in this field for like 12 years now. And when I entered it, I think it was a lot about like, oh, you know, I, I guess like HR is like more a resource, a tool, a more friendly, approachable department now. But within that aspect, I think within HR, the team, HR teams, people are very like, you don't need to know about my life. If I'm taking a sick day, I don't need to go into detail why or if my kid is sick. Like you like literally don't owe that to your employer, right? It's so leading with that premise, um, I think I've always been like, what's the fine line? I don't, obviously, if I'm sharing something, I feel comfortable divulging the information. Um, and at the same time, I also realize that like less and less is more and I don't have to give certain information. So I'm also figuring out like, what am I comfortable with? And so with all this pre-frame, <laughs> um, yeah, I recently had a couple different things that um, there weren't difficult conversations, but things came up in my life where I'm like, you know, even though I don't have to let my boss know the minutia of the detail of why I'm asking for what I need right now, um, I I felt open to being vulnerable because of uh, just our dynamic and how things things. Um, play out in, in, in our team. And so actually this week, um, I just was hit with, uh, some unfortunate news regarding one of my mom, one of my, sorry, one of my friend's moms in Italy passed away. And I was just really distraught by this information. And I found out on, was it Friday morning? I don't even know what day is it? Who am I? Um, <laughs> but I found out and oh yeah, it was Friday morning because I had a lot of meetings and on Fridays we have a company-wide meeting where I always speak on recruitment and recruitment updates. And when I woke up and I did yoga and everything and I was just completely distraught, crying, crying, crying. I couldn't like, I, I was like, I need to let her know because first of all, we're about to be in a meeting together at like 8.30 with the whole team. I, I literally... I'm literally still crying. Like, even though I showered, I got ready. I'm like, so I reached out to her. I asked her to like connect before we started our meeting. And um, honestly, a previous me, and this is where for me, it like really, I really see a lot of differences in my life is 
I would have wanted to hide this because it's shameful to cry. And since I can't hold back my tears and my emotions because this is such a pure raw moment of what something that I'm going through that is difficult, I would have avoided a conversation just to make sure that my um, my character is preserved, right? Mm. So that's the way that I felt about, you know, life happens, but I always felt like I had to hide my life's happenings in the workplace. And so anyways, I, nothing, I reached out to her, I said, can we connect? And we connected as soon as we got on the, on the video, I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably going to be crying this entire call. This is what I'm going through. And, you know, she gave me options. She was like, please take a mental health day if that's what you need. She's like, tell me what you need, you know? And, and I was like, no, like, and whatever, we established what the day would look like. And I canceled most of my meetings. And um, I don't know. I think that for me, having that vulnerable moment where I was like, number one, I'm not okay. And you need to know I'm not okay. Um, because I think we also like swallow that knot in our throat so many times to get through. And that's like repressed emotion too, right? And I was actually reading something mm -hmm. yesterday that's like, all the repressed emotions will manifest in your body, right? So I just like, that really hit me because I think that like, I don't do that anymore. And if there is, you know, something going on, like, how are you? If I'm not okay, I'm literally like, I'm not okay, right? Mm -hmm. And so that applies also in the workplace. And for me, that was a very, you know, triumphant situation in the sense that I was, I felt safe to be vulnerable. And, and claim it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so also I think the when you responding with I'm not okay is so hard because we don't want someone else to be uncomfortable by our own emotion. Yeah. And you know how I feel about putting oh, yeah. things on people <laughs> <laughs> or just um uh, well what I want it what's coming up to say is very raw, which is not wanting to take up space because I don't want to inconvenience people. So yeah, like for me for me, it's a big step <laughs> to say I'm not okay when I'm not okay. Yeah, because then you also go into like, oh, why aren't you okay? And it's like a whole thing. And how do I make you okay? Oof. Right. Right, because what most... As if you have that power. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, I do think that, I mean, I think most of the people who ask me how I'm doing, I think it is genuine. And I do think they want to know how I'm really doing. But it's actually like less work to say I'm okay, I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. Path of least resistance. Exactly. Give it Give me out. <laughs> I'm out. fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh my God. That was like our tagline for mm -hmm. a very long time. It was. I just had an awareness around that. Whoa. That we weren't being vulnerable. <laughs> well, I think we were by over-exaggerating the I'm fine intentionally <laughs> to show that we weren't fine. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the world's coming down. <laughs> what do we do? Man. And I agree with you in the sense of feeling like vulnerability is a weakness just because my go-to growing up was like, if I'm hurt, I, I shut down. If I get hurt, I shut down. So like shutting down is always a protection mechanism from getting hurt. So if you don't actually show people exactly what's going on, they could never use it against you. And this is the little S self mentality, like the ego self, um, and in that, the little S self, the ego self, it's like I, my, me, separation away from you. We are different. I have to defend versus 
we us connected big ass self spirit consciousness and of course this kind of gets in a little little bit of the spirituality sector of what we're talking about but um I think remembering that we're all connected and that we all actually are programmed with the ability to feel all this range of emotion and all of these things and whether this makes me feel this and that makes you feel that it doesn't mean we're separate and I think that's something important to keep in mind when being willing to be vulnerable is that okay cool if I'm effect- if you're affected by your your best friend in Italy's m- mom dying but I'm affected by feeling like pressure and overwhelm at with my business and not feeling supported by my partner for example in that moment you and I can still feel the same amount of sadness and discord from self and all these things but it doesn't mean that we are separate in the fact that we're feeling something different or that we can't understand each other or support each other and then here's the caveat I know that sometimes like your whole truth our whole truth can't actually be handled by someone else like there it's not everyone in your life is going to be equipped to hearing you say, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And I would say, especially with like the masculine, like masculine particularly have the energy or the, the assignment to want to fix and solve and all of that. And sometimes that's like, so not what we need when we are in our feminine. Yeah. And it actually takes a lot of co- connection with your femininity, whether you're, you are present as man or present as woman to be able to be vulnerable, that's kind of like more of a feminine, fluid, emotional type conversation and, and dynamic that we would be in when we are vulnerable. So to be in that space, it kind of requires that whoever we're interacting with or are vulnerable with, you know, can listen. But just because they can or can't listen doesn't mean we should or shouldn't be that way. Yeah, I mean, like this goes into expectation too, right? Because it's like... If I'm living, you know, in my truth and I'm, you know, not being selfish, like I'm just doing whatever I want, not like that. But like if I know who I am and I guess it's like know your audience and also what's the purpose of what you're doing, right? Because it's like obviously if someone texts me out of the blue who I haven't talked to in a long time and they're like, how's it going? What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm not okay. I mean, I can't expect that you know, support and or understanding because like we haven't caught up or a lot of different things. And it's not like I would respond differently, but it's also like, what's my expectation in responding with I'm not okay and being vulnerable. Um, It's like, you know, is it, I think we also get mixed up because everything is about timing, right? So you get that text when you're, when you're breaking down and you're like, you know, grasping onto literally anything but it's like not everything can give you that fulfillment that you need and so well and it's about communication too right like 100%. okay so if someone you haven't talked to in a while reaches out to you and in that moment like they're like how are you and you're like well I committed to being honest and vulnerable so like <laughs> here's how it is and then it ends up being this like weird moment because you maybe haven't talked to them in a while and you don't want them to think that you're like over here this whole time, like, just (laughs) a tragic mess, right? So that's also a perception thing. However, if you can package it in a way that makes sense, and here's a communication tip for all of our listeners, thank you so much for reaching out. In this moment, I'm navigating something that feels really big for me. But outside of this moment, a lot of things feel really beautiful in my life. You don't have to justify it, but 
at least giving big picture can help you feel more, um, more like understood, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it also actually is the most vulnerable because that person that hasn't reached out to you in a while feels like they're actually seeing you at where you are in that very moment instead of good, how are you? Yeah. Like, I hate it when I'm like, how are you? And people are like, good, how are you? Yeah. It's the worst. Just getting some work done or whatever. It's just like, come on, you know? But of course, not every single conversation is a moment to spill your heart out. So there's that too. Yeah. It depends on the dynamic of the relationship, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we just started our second round of 200-hour uh, yoga breathwork meditation teacher training with all of our students yesterday was our first day and today's our second day and uh friday night we had a a, an introduction call and it was like a three-hour call and um friday i was kind of running around with uh our staff and team and just getting everything set and ready to go and i knew that jules was having a really hard day and of course like we're we're literally best friends so we talk all day every day all the time and and we're our go-to people you know and it's not that we're our only go-to people but we are our go-to people in the sense that we really see each other and, and we can level each other out pretty easily. It's like a, it's like a quick turnaround time on that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm in here and uh, I'm like finishing up the, the, um, the outline for the evening call on Friday night. And uh, Kayla and Sylvia are out packing the gift bags and getting everything ready. And she calls me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, hi. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, how are you? (laughs) She starts to melt. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm just, you know, really trying to crank things out. I mean, things are pretty much all done. But, you know, I got to order us all dinner and, you know, just a couple things going on and da-da-da, just getting things going and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, (laughs) I'll call you later. And I'm like, no, bitch, <laughs> you'll call me now. So I close my, my office door and I close my computer. And she's like, no, you have so much going on. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, she just like so did not want to distract me from that moment because we're like in a, like 45 minutes away from the call and like I had so much going on. And of course, Julia did her thing of like. Sorry to interrupt. No, interrupt. not sorry. However, because <laughs> we don't we don't say sorry for things that we don't actually hurt people for around here, FYI. But I had a moment because I was like, okay, I want to sit here and just like cry by myself, and then I'm like, well, I'm supposed to call Ashley back. Well, she's probably in the middle in the thick of it. She's probably like trying to get ready for the call. I shouldn't call her. But I should call her back. <laughs> this is like the entire dialogue going on in my head. And I was like, okay, no, I'm going to call her. And you know what? She's honest with me. So if she can't talk, she can't talk. And so anyways, yeah. It's <laughs> nice you can trust me to be honest with you. Yeah. But I knew. Like I was like, okay. And, I, and what I said to her is, while I have other things going on, nothing is more important than supporting you in this moment. Mm-hmm. So I gave her like full permission to just go in. And it was like, <sighs> <laughs> And then it was, um... I just don't even know why I'm sad and I shouldn't be sad, but it's like not even my thing to be sad for and da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, what else? <laughs> okay, what else? Okay, what else? And then she just kind of like had the permission to just unload and, and be vulnerable, you know? And there's so many moments we pull back from allowing ourselves to go there because we don't want to take up space. We don't want to infiltrate on someone's experience. 
and we don't want to dump on someone. And there's all these different kind of preframes. And while I hate the fact, I hate when you try to play small and act like you're not important or that you don't have permission to take up space all the time. I also think it is important in general for all of us as a practice before we do dump that information to just be like, hey, is now a good time? You know, like I think that's a good habit and a tool for all of us in general. And my dad always taught me that, you know, growing up is sometimes I would call him and be like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And he'd be like, can you just ask me if I'm available before you ask me about certain things? And that gave me a really great habit of doing that. And my mom is the polar opposite, you know, like she loves calling me and just, wow. So, um, I've implemented that with her too, around just being like, I love you so much. And everything you have to say is so important. And I want you to feel you can come to me and I want you to feel safe and vulnerable. However, there are moments that I'm not equipped to hold that space for you. So when you call and you have things to, to say, just ask me, you know, because if it is a good time, I want to be completely present with you. But if it's not, it's unfair for you to unload something that's so sacred and precious to you and me not to be in the space to pull together for you. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know this. I agree with you. And also when you're saying that, I think that like, not asking for permission, but asking if it's a good time, I don't know, sometimes takes away from like, the actual vulnerability of the, of the, like, this is a very specific situation, right? Cause like something happened, something big was going on, but it's not like you need the right moment to be able to share. Right. Yeah. No, totally. And this is twofold. Actually, that was just kind of another communication tip. However, um, sometimes uninvited vulnerability is sure. the most powerful for sure. 100%. Um, and this was, you know, there, there are different circumstances in which it's available. Um, but okay. So, so here's where it comes down to it is like the person you're connecting with, are they able to hold the proper space for you that you need for your vulnerability? But then I think the other part of it is around vulnerability is not about the other person. It's us. Do I hold myself back in a moment that I could be vulnerable when it is available in the space Mm. and open in the space? Because a lot of times we don't even give the other person a chance to be there for us because we are shutting down, cutting off. This doesn't belong in the workplace or I shouldn't really share my feelings because they're stupid or invalid or why does it even make sense that I feel this way and I shouldn't put this on someone, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Or maybe you're in an argument or a confrontation with someone and you want to be right or you want to defend and put a wall up. But instead, if you just share from a place of love, what you're actually feeling. You know, this is big where, for example, let's say you're in relationship and someone says something that, you know, makes you feel insecure. And so instead you respond with like anger or snapping back or defense or like, well, it could instead be like, hey, this is what's coming up for me right now. And I don't know if you're aware that that statement sounded that way, but here's how I'm feeling about it. And when I hear that, it makes me feel unworthy. Like that's a moment to be vulnerable that was unsolicited, but can always break down the walls of a space. Yeah, I agree with that full heartedly. And it goes to like, I mean, what we experienced yesterday in our teacher training, it's really hard to not be really vulnerable in teacher training because we create such a beautiful container. However, it's still incredible to watch who in the space fully embraces it and who in the space still might not yet feel that they can go there. 
and that's okay, right? Like we're all on our own process and on our own journey, but sometimes diving in head first and just allowing yourself to really be truthful with what you're feeling and reckon with it and share it and be in it is the way through it instead of the way to get over it. Yeah, and it's so crazy because I think that from the outside, I mean, obviously we can see so many things not being in a situation. But when you said that, it's like, I think, like people don't realize that it's just like, it's just so obvious that you have something to share or that you're going through something. Or it's, protecting. Yeah, you're that you're protecting something that you don't need to protect. Like, you're safe here. You're you safe know? here, yeah. yeah. Like, let it down, let it go, let it, let it out. Um, but my point is, like, not that more people need to be vulnerable. Yes, I, I yes, more people need to be vulnerable. <laughs> but I think that, like, it's just so, I don't know, I think it's so obvious for me, especially when we are in a space, whether it be a workshop, mentorship, um, a retreat, or teacher training, you know, any like of Like, how about normal day-to-day life? That, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so, like, you, I guess, like, for me, it's, like, even if you say you're okay when you're not okay, it's so obvious that you're not okay and yeah. that you're protecting your not okayness. Well, and sur- surface like relationships, you know, like there's certain people that I have in my life that I don't need to be best friends with, but sometimes like I've had interactions with certain people and they've showed me a piece of themselves de- a little deeper. And I feel like I just trust and know them more versus people that are like just kind of seem like they have it together all the time. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't really think that's real. Like, that's not who you really are. Yeah. And that's okay that you want to present that way. Maybe culture has taught you that. And we don't need to go all around slewing our feelings all day, every day. You know, there's a time and place. However, I just find you go, you, you can really see the truth about someone faster and sooner. And then when you see, like, mistakes or fuck-ups... They're not mistakes or fuck-ups. They're just like humanism because you've seen that person own it and be a part of it. And that's kind of where we're going to go into accountability a little bit here. Um, but I just find it different. And, and personally, like I interact and you two just with what you do. We interact with so many p- different types of people and people on a very consistent basis. And while there's this close-knit community where we have and all of our people are already trained, like <laughs> they just say it how it is, you know? But I have people that are kind of like, you know, maybe drop into class once in a while or people that I used to interact with at studios, um, managers of studios I work with or old clients or things like that. There are, I've had clients that I've worked with for years that I feel like I never knew. And then I have clients that I've worked with once a month because they're like, they have such a hard time getting it together and getting something on the schedule and like making it in the door. But when they do, they're like, so who they are. And they don't fuck around. They're not like, yeah, my husband's great. My kids are great. It's fine. Yeah, like blah, blah, blah. They're like, I literally don't even understand how I can cook meals for my children, clean my house, take care of this, and actually be romantic in my relationship. And da, 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 da. <laughs> And I feel like I'm so much more in love with the ones that are actually say it how it is. Because like life is not perfect. I promise there isn't one person on the planet that doesn't have a range of emotions in any given day. And it's really freeing to share the truth and that's what vulnerability is is like not hiding parts of yourself because of how you want to present yeah yeah and it's like in a way we're like conditioned to and we've talked about this before like you know you 
go to school, you're supposed to go to college, you're supposed to graduate, find a good job, get get married, have kids, blah, 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 right? Like the societal construct of success. And it's so crazy because it's like you have to like actually learn <laughs> as an adult what is life. What is life? It's a school of hard knocks, bro. Yeah, I mean. Um, it's so funny because... I mean, and this goes back to like, you know, Instagram life. Like you only see the highlights of people's, it's the highlight reel of people's lives. And, uh, I have a friend, I'm not going to go much into detail because I want to protect her, but, um, I haven't seen her in a really long time and she's got kids and whatever. Um, I went and saw her recently and from the outside, I hadn't seen her since before she had her kids. And from the outside, her life looks like, you know, super put together and like babies and happy and husband and all this stuff. And when I saw her, it was like, she's like, our really like our relationship is so hard. We fight all the time. And all we do is try to not fight in front of the kids. <laughs> and she's like, it's constant. And like, we're just like not on the same page. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I never, I was like mind blown. And I was also mind blown that she was so willing to share so much after not seeing her for four years, you know? And, and even before, it's not like we were super close before, but she was just willing to put it on the table. And I really respected that because it made me feel not so alone. Not that my relationship is like, we're not on the same page. Like we actually really are very on the same page, but to know that our, like my relationship is not perfect. And to know that there are other people that are experiencing that, that like this standard of normal is not like having it figured out. Like that's not normal. So it makes you, who has it figured out? It makes you just feel less alone. You know, it makes you feel like, Less hard on yourself yeah. and more worthy. Yeah. You know, of just like more valuable because it's like I'm not striving to this big, huge thing, but I wouldn't have known that unless she was vulnerable with me. I mean, I know that from my circle. Um, yeah, but like, I mean, the standard of, you know, social media, Instagram, and insert here, reality TV shows, YouTube shows, like literally all these like, things. Thank you for your email. Everything looks. Like, it's real, but it's not real. It's not real. Right? Like, We're I mean, living a lie. Even though a lot of people choose to share vulnerable moments on Instagram, for example, I mean, the majority of people choose to show a perfect image, a perfect shot, a um, filtered uh, image, just like your filtered life. Yeah. It should be Instagram, my filtered life. Well, and also, I think also certain people can blame that on like, oh, you know, I live a private life or it's privacy. Mm, and yeah. there's a difference between sacredness and privacy. Like, oh. like not everyone needs to know the inner details of like your fight with your partner or the struggle you're having with your kids. But I think it really helps connect people and stop putting blocks up, guards up, walls up. When you just say, like, there are things I navigate. There are, like, we are not perfect. And and owning that. Mm-hmm. Tell, yeah. me, tell me why accountability is so important and how it plays with vulnerability. Oh, boy. Boy. Oh, boy. Um, I love these words. These words mean so much to me. Um, <laughs> so I think accountability is super important because it is a pillar that people can rely on you for and you rely on yourself for as well and it's consistent repeated 
ways that you can show up and actually take ownership over what you did or what you want to do. How you feel. Your feelings. All of the above. Yeah. I think accountability is a gateway to vulnerability. Oh, yes. I definitely agree. Because, like, when you're accountable and you're taking that responsibility of whatever your part was or whatever happened, and it doesn't necessarily mean something wrong. It also could mean, you know, like, maybe some, nothing went wrong, but here's how I could have sh- shifted or done things better or changed something or here's how I own that my anger got in the way at this moment. That's super vulnerable. And that takes a lot of strength. And to kind of get back to why we were doing this podcast in the first place, this episode is that vulnerability is strength, but you have to be strong as fuck to say I'm wrong or I'm owning this or this was me. Man, that's hard. It's so hard for us as humans because of the little s self, because of the ego self Mm. is that we want to be right. We want to be perceived as good, perfect, got it figured out. But then all of a sudden when you're vulnerable enough to say, hi, I own this. Like this was me. Raise your hand. Like this was my part and this is how I showed up and this is how I could have done things different. Like I know full grown fucking adults that act like babies, like not adults, meaning us like, well, us too, (laughs) but like our parents' generation that act Mm. like little fucking kids and will never in their life be like, wow, like that was probably really hurtful what I just did. Let me just own that and just say I'm sorry and that I actually do love you. And the reason why I did that is because I was feeling scared. Whoa. Like very rarely do I hear that oftentimes from specific people that I know that are that are of that generation or even our generation in general. But it's the biggest thing you could possibly say And, like, while people think if I say that, all of a sudden I'm exposing myself, you're, like, the strongest person in the room all of a sudden. And then you feel better. Like, you don't feel like an asshole. You feel loved. You feel seen. Yeah, I think you can't be – you can't be vulnerable without being accountable. And also, in what you were just saying, I think that, like, it's a huge risk to be vulnerable because I think people don't – I mean, you need to feel safe, right? And people, I think the number one thing that we all want is to be seen and to be loved. And it's like a huge risk to be like, not going against the grain, but being, but saying like, I feel this way. You did this thing. I feel hurt because do you realize that when you said this, it sounded like this, this is how I perceived it. You're, it's risky. And what comes up for me when that happened is owning your own feelings. Yes. Because that's like showing a part of yourself that isn't perfect. Yeah, and I think in the end, it's like, it's all risk, right? It's all scary because what's on the line is, I mean, yeah, our ego, but ultimately, like, feeling like we can't be loved for who we are. And isn't that, like, the whole thing in life? Yeah. It's like everything. We can't be loved for who we are. Mm -hmm. We're not enough. We're not worthy enough. We can't feel love. We're undeserving. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole thing, right? That's like the wheel of suffering. Yeah. Pain, 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 anger, frustration, doubt, fear, not enough. It's constant. Yeah. And then if you take it again back into this, like, circling back to the spiritual space is like, when we recognize that we are unconditionally loved for exactly who we are, and we are a little piece of God or consciousness or divine universe, whatever, call it what you will, translate this however you need, 
there is no other truth than you are love. But we can't get there if we think we need to do something different to get there. It's like, unre- it's like not real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that. that's the essence of, like, we get caught up in the minutia of things that, like, really don't matter. Like, at the end of the day, like, only love is real. That's all that matters. Even if, like, this one thing triggered a fight and at the end of the day, you know, it's like, like, that doesn't matter. Well, the fight is like you against you, you against me. And then it's like, okay, cool. Well, if I just recognize here, okay. So here's practical zooming out. I'm in an experience. I feel attacked or I feel sad or I feel some type of way. I want to shut down and withdraw, put on a happy face, show up. Right. Or I'm going through something that's very human. I want to block it off so that I can show up in the world and be perceived as figuring it out then all of a sudden you zoom out of that situation meaning like what if this was happening to someone else like a best friend and it wasn't happening to me and I could look at it from a bird's eye view or what if I like hovered above my body and saw myself having this experience and then all of a sudden instead of it happening to me it's just happening and then I can see oh wow this happened it made me feel that way and this is what came up for me, then you can actually communicate that. But when you're so associated in the experience of it, it's the I, me, me claiming the feelings, the I am hurt, I am sad, you attacked me. You can't actually get to the point where you communicate vulnerably of this is what happened, this is the way it made me feel and what came up for me was this thought. Even though I know it's not true that I'm not worthy, I, I saw that happening to me and I just wanted to share that with you. Connects you lays down the truth, but also dissociates you from actually being in the experience so you can see it from another perspective. Yeah. But to get to the point where you can actually say, I felt undeserving when, you have to get out of the loop of the story. Yeah, and I think most of the times when we have those big feelings, big emotions, reactions to situations, it's it's hard to pull out most of the time and, and just you know, have that bird's eye view and pull ourselves from the emotion that it's like, it's everything feels like, oh, it's happening to me when, yeah. when we're in the emotion. Right. So I think the biggest, uh, area vulnerability of- is though, it's just happening. Yeah. What was I saying? I forgot. The biggest area of opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Is for us to zoom out and be able to like, it's, I mean, I think even though this is the life we live and these are tools that we use, it's like, it's still, I mean, we're not perfect. We still. <laughs> some days it works, some days it doesn't. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, we're sitting here obviously talking about something that, I mean, we're no, we're no masters of emotions or anything, but I I'm think. A mess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just. I don't know. I just wanted to bring it back to the humanness of the situation because it's like in an ideal state, I would love to apply this to every single moment of discord that I have. And But to know that you can't have it figured out. We're all trying. We're fake. We're, we're just fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you're not alone. That's all we're saying. Yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone. Jules, you're not alone. You're not alone. Ash. Thanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much love in this space. So much. What's a what's a un 
unfiltered, vulnerable moment that you had recently that you want to share? Oh. Mm. Help me remember. You know all my moments. (laughs) Um, There's been a lot lately. Oh. I mean... I thought of one, but... There's many, but we recently had an intention circle um, with our community just to set up the stage for the year. And it was on a Friday night and I was like so giddy about that because like my Friday nights used to look a lot different. (laughs) Um, But either way, recently over the past year, I've been, you know, like Jules and I would take vitamins and, and, you know, it would be (laughs) our way to kind of slow down. Are you okay with me sharing what it, the yeah, 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 are? Yeah. Okay, cool. We would take uh, THC gummies uh, in the evenings to just slow down our mind. Uh, we'd take them on girls' nights and laugh our brains out and just be like up in the clouds. And <laughs> um, But of course, you know, because like THC, medical marijuana, it's all legal in California. So, you know, it's become much more accessible and popularized and something that people don't shame as much anymore, you know? And, and I think that's great and awesome because obviously this is a more holistic, natural way of people being able to access, um, pain relief and resources and whatever. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and so that became something that I integrated as part of a wellness practice. You know, I would use it to help me sleep and, and shut my mind off in the evenings and, cool down and and just shift gears and et cetera, et cetera. And so after a while, I started getting to the point, maybe after like a year where I wasn't really using it anymore just to shut off my mind and sleep. It was like, I couldn't shut off my mind and sleep unless I took it. And then I was also making more excuses to take it more often, like during the daytime, Mm -hmm. not like on a work day, but you know, if I was out with my family for the day, I just wanted to be high. If Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, we were having, you know, a day out, whatever. It's like, it was easy to just be like, great, I'm going to alter my state right now. And so the biggest caveat was realizing that it had power over me. It was no longer something that I chose. It was something that chose me. And I noticed my business suffering in a lot of ways, not major obvious things, but things just started to change. I wasn't getting as much done throughout the day. I felt kind of sort of a fog lingering over me in general. Um, I wasn't thinking clearly when I was channeling or connecting to source in my own personal practice. I didn't feel as directly connected anymore. And um, it's like process of elimination. I was like, what is different now? What is something that I notice? And I realized that a lot of it was because of that. And so... You know, it wasn't really like a new year, new me thing. It was just like, this is time to make this transition. Well, and you also gave up other things. Yeah, yeah. So um, I also noticed, of course, but I was, you know, it was like during the holidays, I think you drink more and because you're with family, it's like wine and this and that. Um, Alcohol wasn't serving me. I was feeling like stomach aches when I was drinking it and I would wake up uh, with headaches and whatever, whatever. And for a long time, I've always classified whatever people that would show up at the table and not drink is like, Oh, they're living that life. And I'm living this life. Yeah. Yeah. I totally know know what you're saying. And I'd be like, Oh, they're, they're not a drinker. And there's been a few people in our community that have really changed my mind around that. Like car, you know, she's on our leadership team and 
she's just always chose, she just chooses not to drink because it doesn't serve her. It doesn't feel good for her, et cetera. And, um, she still goes out. She still shows up. She has fun at dinner. She's the cutest little giddy thing ever. I'm obsessed with her. And, um, and we're not talking about people who've gone through, you know, just becoming sober. We're not talking about that. Meaning like addiction or rehabilitation. Yeah. 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 No, it's just, it's like general, not like addicted or dysfunctional relationship with, with alcohol or substances. It's more so relationship with these things and how they impact your day-to-day life. I just wanted to clarify because I don't think we're equipped to talk about that. No, we're not qualified (laughs) at all. And we're not talking about addictions. We're just talking about um, noticing how things make you feel because here's the thing. You can do this with anything. You know, like if you're, let's say you're eating a certain style of food and you notice you have like more gas or more bloating, maybe you'll try a different style of food. It's literally, that's like what we're grouping this in with in this specific context. So just to be clear, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a lot of phases in my life where I've used more substances or used less substances based on where my life is at and whatnot. Um, and so I've just chosen uh, to no longer partake in any mind-altering substances or body-altering substances that you know, not allow me to feel my full full experience or also become something that I need for a necessity in my life. Like sleep and winding down is a necessity of life. But if I need something else in order to get there, to me, that becomes problematic for my life, right? I'm just talking about for my life. Um, So I decided to give up, you know, alcohol and edibles completely. Um, The alcohol conversation was really kind of like a January thing but you know it's feeling really fucking great like I'm so clear right now it's so crazy first of all not to interrupt your story however I wanted to commend you because I know that this was just something you know just such a big part of your life that you could have easily just kept on going right and not like seen been asleep yeah or just been you know like in your comfort really Mm -hmm. right so, yeah, I'm just so proud of you for just hmm. knowing what you need to do. Thank you. <laughs> and then secondly, the whole alcohol thing, it's so interesting because we were apart for the, most of the holidays. And we didn't talk, even though we talked, we didn't talk about this. But I also had this realization where I'm like, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't want to be a drinker anymore. It's just like this really weird thing. I don't know how to explain it. And I don't know if like it, it feels the same to you. But for me, air. for me, like I totally agree. I'd be like, oh, that person's a non-drinker. And like, you know, it was kind of like not judgment, a little bit of. Um, They're that way. I'm this way. Yeah. But also a little bit of admiration. Like, wow, that person has a lot of strength to do that. Even if like it, and the people that I'm talking about aren't people who are like, oh, that person's sober because they went through a program. It's more so they're making a choice to not drink. And I'm like, that's so interesting. Like, why yeah. would someone choose to do that? Yeah. You know, well, and it's not like sitting at dinner and just having a cocktail really does that much for you at the end of the day. I listened to a podcast. You just made me think of this. I listened to a podcast the other day. Um, and it was about habits and, or habits were, were part of the topics of what they were talking about. And they said, you know, um, and within this was also discipline and the speaker was saying, you know, what makes you choose, okay, I'm going to have, um, another glass of wine at dinner versus saying I had two glasses of wine dinner's almost over, like I'm having such a good time. And 
um, actually, it was James Clear and Brene Brown. They were having another um, discussion. I just remembered what, where it came from. Um, and he is like, what stops someone from saying, I actually don't need that. And I'm mm. actually just being sucked in by, you know, the emotion and the situation versus saying like, you know, you know, I had two glasses and that's it. And the night's about to end versus like we get so wrapped up in the fun or the positive things that we're feeling in certain situations where it's like we keep going. Right. Yeah. Um, and so as I was listening to that, obviously no mistakes, it just like kind of validated my feelings around this drinking thing that, um, I didn't even go into January saying like, we're doing dry January. I just was like, on my way back from Italy, I was like, okay, like this is, this is the last drink I'm going to have for a really long time. Yeah. It's also like, it doesn't serve me. I don't feel good in my body. I don't feel good the next day. I don't like, even if it's like a minimal amount, because newsflash, the older you get, the worse things come, become <laughs> the, the consequences. It's like, everything is just much more difficult. The hangovers are longer. The drinking affects you differently. You have to figure out what alcohol works with my body versus doesn't. And you know, it's just yeah. like things become way more obvious faster um, as you get older. And I'm not saying that I'm old, but I'm older than you. And therefore, I think in those... Um, I feel of, it too, bro. I don't know how, because when I was your age, I was like... Well, you were asleep at my age. You know, you were a lot more true. unconscious at it's my true. age. It's so. true. I was asleep. <laughs> I was dead But also, asleep. I mean, this is like a topic for another podcast, like habits and stuff. But what makes you even decide to drink in the first place when you sit down at dinner? Is it an autopilot decision that like oh, when we go out to dinner, we always order cocktails or wine or whatever? Or is it that you're actually genuinely ordering something because that's what you feel you want right. in that moment? Yeah, it's just kind of like routine most yeah. of the time. What, where did we go to dinner? That, it was like one of the first dinners we've done recently that I was like, okay, like I'm going to order a mocktail. I'm not drinking tonight. I just want to put that out on the table. I don't table. remember, but I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I was like, were, yeah. and it's just kind of like, it's not a thing because a thing becomes a thing just because you make it a thing yeah but to me it's like wow like I just have so much power yeah in choice for myself and well that's vulnerable in itself right so like here we are saying I'm gonna make a different choice even though I've identified with this other choice but I can always show up and decide something different and claim my truth in what I need for my life like that's vulnerable too and just to kind of circle it back like me sharing that on an intention circle call with my community of people that like I'm looked at as a leader. I'm the person in the room that's like kind of has it figured out. But I also knew that if I continued on a path that didn't wasn't in alignment with me, I wouldn't be authentic as a leader mm -hmm. anyway. So to be able to just share that to me felt vulnerable because I'm like, first of all, probably a lot of these people probably didn't even know that I was like getting high every night. And then second of all, it's like, Loosely drinking in a way that doesn't feel good is like, it doesn't feel good. So why would I continue to do it and not also in the same breath claim that I'm making a different choice? Well, also, if you're leading a life in general that, and this is the way I look at it too. And I think, yeah, that's like super powerful that you claim that and that you also revealed that in a way because for you, it meant something, but for everyone else it's important to hear, right? So that they could see me saying that. Actually, I got a lot of messages too after that call um, of individuals from our community that said that they, that them hearing me say that gave them a lot of strength to, 
to make certain changes similar to that on their own, that they had been teetering a lot and wondering why they weren't feeling clearer, et cetera, et cetera. And that me putting it into those words gave them the ability to feel like permission, not that they need permission from me, but um, sometimes we need support. That's what community is about. That's literally why we're doing this whole community thing is because we want people to know that they have options. Yeah, and, that they're and not I think alone. a lot of things come up within ourselves as we hear other people sharing certain things. So yes, of course. So yeah, um, but that's okay. So thank you. Let's end on that point. Is that sometimes your vulnerability gives someone else permission to feel their feelings? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You just share. And we saw that yesterday in our teacher training. One person shared about something and he was in the middle of talking and another person in the circle totally like collapsed, broke down and like got so in her experience. And we've seen that happen. Because of what he shared. I mean, it happens all the time in retreat and program and everything and all this work. But um, it was a prime example of like, if he didn't say what he needed to say, she wouldn't have felt what she needed to feel. Therefore, if people aren't vulnerable... What are we doing? We're walking around <laughs> with masks on. Yeah. But they're covering our eyes, so we walk into shit. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, this has been lovely. That was fun. Bear your hearts. Share your hearts. Mm. Love each other's. Mm. I think that's important. Yeah. More often, all the time. It's better to go the more honest route than protect yourself. Yeah. There's just so many benefits. There's so you get so much out of it. And the feeling you get after you just share what you actually mean. Man, like I think all of my anytime I've had discord with my partner when he or I are the first ones to just be vulnerable, like our relationship strengthens because of it. Like we feel so much better after. So it's like it's a no-brainer to me. Hopefully it is to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that is all for today. Um, guys, keep in mind, if you're listening to this episode before Tuesday, January 18th, we are starting our Reset Bootcamp Challenge. This gives us the work hard, play hard, rest hard type of mentality and practices that implement that in a more natural way in our life. We also have nutrition guidance and live coaching calls so you can interact with us and each other in the community. Be held accountable for your stuff and uh, continue to kick off this year in a yummy, delicious, awesome, lovely way. And then we have mentorship too, starting February 2nd. Can't wait. Mentorship is a group coaching program and uh, it's on Zoom. So wherever you are in the world listening, you can participate. It's um, on Wednesday evenings and we just get together and we've got different topics that we address similar to this podcast, meaning just, okay, so how do you navigate conflict at work? And we spend an hour actually talking about that and also giving uh, group coaching, meaning if someone has something come up for them, we guide them through that process and then everyone else gets to benefit and um, really intake the information and the content that's going on and apply to their life too. So um, if you want to be a part of that, you can apply online on the site, ashleyshubert.com. Everything's there. And uh, we're so grateful for you guys tuning in to episode nine of Evolving Us. Yay. Yay. Love you. That's a wrap. I love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>